Welcome to episode 517 of the Eventing Radio Show, brought to you by the Eventing Riders Association of North America. First of all, we need to thank our title sponsor, Bit of Britain. Find everything you need for your eventing needs at bitofbritain.com. I'm Paul Tapner. This week, I'm in Wiltshire, UK. And this is the Eventing Radio Show producer, Jen. And I'm your Liz Halliday Sharp analog because she's busy doing glamorous things elsewhere. And this week on the show, what have we got, Paul? Very glamorous things I'm sure she is doing. But this week on the show, we are joined by two British riders. One just about to break into the elite level championship teams, Alex Bragg, fresh from his win at the Masters, Ajadi. And we also are joined by Heidi Coy, a junior European team member and a dual silver medalist at that. Well, Paul, here I am chatting with you and Liz is out somewhere sunning herself in South America. Well, South America, not just any old bit of South America, but <laughs> Colombia, I think, you know, so if you're going to go exotic, you might as well go the whole hog, hadn't you? I mean, she's, yeah. she, she's stood us up now uh, twice, you know, we're just going to dig the knife in saying she's not here, yes. uh, had us hanging on tenderhooks, whether she was going to join us, not going to join us, blaming Wi-Fi, you know, I'm sure Colombia has probably not ver- got very good Wi-Fi, she's probably got a good point there, hasn't she, uh, Jen? Probably not a lot of Wi-Fi. It's probably a little bit busy because she is at the Central American and Caribbean Games. It's the international competition no one's ever heard of. (laughs) Who knew? It's been going since uh, like 1926. It's been, well, I was just thinking it's it's a it's a very uh, big mouthful you just managed to um, you know uh, pronounce very clearly. Um, not only the fact that it's been going since 1926. Does it ever happen outside of Colombia? So it does happen outside of Colombia. Uh, looks 31 like thirty-one nations. Yeah. I didn't even know there was thirty-one nations. Oh, in that I know region. all the stuff. Let's see. So your can host you list, how many of those thirty-one can you list, Jen? Well, here we have Mexico, Cuba, El Salvador. Panama, Colombia, Guatemala, uh, Venezuela, Jamaica, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Cuba. I think I already had Cuba. Um, let's see here. Who else? That's all Columbia, I've got because that's all that's Columbia, written on the seeing that's where it is this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Barbados because – I know Barbados because that is why – our own Liz Halliday Sharp is there because she trains a Barbadosian. But, but I don't know how you. I don't the know. Barbados team. There we go. Oh, I don't think she tra- trains a team. I think she's training a an individual Bar- oh. <laughs> Barbados person. I'm okay. struggling here, but yes. So she's she's very glamorous, isn't she? You know, sunning herself off in these exotic places. Probably training her her uh, student to win, no less. No less. A medal or something yes. of the kind. And the, the oh. CACGs happen every four years on the even number year between the Olympics. So they happen the same times as the World Equestrian Games because don't they have the same schedule? There you go. It is the same schedule as the World Equestrian Games. There we go. Now the CACGs are for all sports versus the World Equestrian Games, which are for just equestrians. Thank you very much. That makes them better in my book. Well, I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> and and speaking of World Equestrian Games, the the excitement is building. So um, first, we have a little announcement from Bit of Britain, and then we're going to go over some teams, I think. 
Indeed. So um, all of our avid listeners would, of course, tuned into last week's show where the owner of Bit of Britain, uh, John Nunn, he actually came on the show. And he's been a long-term supporter of this eventing radio show. And as such, he was offering all of our long-term listeners great discounts. Now, last week, he was giving us a discount, I believe. And, you know, of course, all of our listeners already know this because they've already listened to last week. But he gave a great discount on fly sheets, you know, being there that, that time of year. But this week, you know what, we're going to do it again. John is such a generous bloke. Bit of Britain is your place to go to get all of your tack needs for all of your eventing needs. Uh, you go to bitofbritain.com. And this week, I reckon I'm going to twist John's arm into giving you a discount on bits. Oh, quite bits? Pro- Who doesn't have enough quite, bits? Quite, quite appropriate, really, isn't it, seeing as Bit of Britain? But, you know, so, you know, bits, those big chunks of metal you're stuck in your horse's mouth, or those little chunks of metal you stick in your horse's mouth, or the plastic bits, or the leather bits, or, you know, you name it. Like you said, who cannot have enough bits? There's so many millions of them out there, and bitofbritain.com is the place you go to get your bits. They're all on the website, and I'm going to give you a promo code to get you a 15% discount off your bitting order. All right? That's right. 15%. All right, so the promo code is really easy. It's me. (laughs) <laughs> well, actually, it's my first name, Paul. So, P-A-U-L, you just put that in the discount code and you get 15% off for being a fantastic fan of bitofbritain.com and the Eventing Radio Show. What do you reckon about that, Jen? I think that's pretty darn special because Bit of Britain, John Dunn owner, is an eventing site. He's an eventer himself. So he has the bits that eventers want because you know how it is when you're you're working with a horse that has some special needs in his little mouth. He wants something that's super kind or you need something to just keep him from tearing your arms out on cross country. Jen, bits I, that, I, have some, I have some horses with some special needs. Yeah. So, but it's not always it's not always in their bitting in their little mouths. But yes, <laughs> this is true. This is true. You do they do they have special needs in their mouth as well. You're, you're correct. That's I'm right. sorry. And Carry on. And he's got he's got the ones that eventers use because you go to the giant site that services every discipline. You see the basics. You see the bits that are universal across all disciplines. Well, eventers many times need something that's very very specific that you don't usually see outside of eventing. Well, he's got them. So go there, find the one you need. Type Paul in the co- in the promo code and get your fifteen percent off, and I think that's a pretty good deal. But I think John has something else up his sleeve. But we're going to save that for a little bit later in the show. I think now we're going to get on with the long list of long lists for World Equestrian Games. Yeah, exactly. We can't give away all these discounts codes at once. You know, we have to make sure you keep listening to all of our radio show. <laughs> so- <laughs> we're holding you hostage. <laughs> Just a little hint there, uh, listeners. You stay tuned in. You might get another discount for us, something else from bitofbritain.com. But, yes, the excitement is building. As we've already said, it is a WEG year. It's a USA WEG year. Try-on WEG is shaping up to be fantastic. We've already interviewed plenty of people who are hoping to go, volunteering to go, been there, done that, seen the test event, you name it. But now the excitement really starts to build because – the nation's teams are starting to get announced. Now, when I say they're starting to get announced, they're starting to announce their long lists. And, okay, some <laughs> of these of, long Think lists, of the long lists as the old-fashioned long-format eventing. They go on They just keep on. going. It's the list that keeps giving. <laughs> 
All right. So we should stop being so rude about these these selectors and uh, and just say, you know, it, it make, let's make it clear. On the 13th, I think it is, of next month, the uh, nominated entries have to be in. So that means every single national federation has to tell the FEI who they are potentially going to select their team from. And I think there's probably about 20-odd people they can put on that. So, so they do limit it? The, yeah, well, I think so. I hope um, so. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so there is some, some some teams are starting to get ahead of the eight ball and they're, they're saying, right, we're already putting out our list of those that are uh, potentially going to be chosen from. So uh, USA have, have put out theirs, Australia have put out theirs, and Great Britain have put out theirs. Now, there's some rumors around the other nations as to whether they have or they haven't, um, but certainly the, the, the American team. So, you know, I think, Jen, you, you have the accent for it. You should listen <laughs> out the American for us. And uh, obviously, I need to do the Australian because I can do the accent. There we that. go. Well, the U.S. team... We've got Philip Dutton and Z. That's a given. Uh, Lauren Kiefer has got Vermiculus. Yay. One of my personal favorites. Marilyn Little. Huge fan base right there is with RF Scandalous. And that's going to be an interesting pick since that's been such a controversial pair on several occasions this year. Boyd Martin, another fan favorite, has Testerleg. I may be pronouncing that one wrong. But he's a perennial favorite as well. Pennsylvania is being very well represented here. Lynn Szymanski has the ever popular Donner. Short well, part of the list. Well, they, yeah, they've 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 been very specific and said that's our list. You that's know, their so list. And then uh, they have a whole bunch it, more as reserves. Yeah. yeah. So then the reserve just keeps getting longer and longer and longer. Yes. So Will Coleman's on there. He's on there twice. He's got O-B-O-S O'Reilly. He's got tight lines as well. We've got Philip Dutton again, and he's on I'm So Ready. We've got our very own Liz Halliday Sharp on De Niro Z, and I'm sure she's putting the voodoo dolls out on the rest of them so she can get off the reserve list, but I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> and then we've got Lauren Kiefer uh, again on a second horse with Veronica. Kim uh, Severson, uh, who yeah, Kim. is with Cooley Cross Border, Lynn Szymanski with Under Suspicion, Sharon White with Cooley on show. There's an awful lot of Cooley horses here. Uh, and I think that's the end of the, the U.S. list. So I think actually the U.S. guys have actually been, you know, and that's a, that's a very long list of reserve. They've actually have named their five riders of Philip Dutton, Lauren Kiefer, Marilyn Little, Boyd Martin, and Lynn Szymanski. So yeah, they I have, have named it for you. very, very early. I, this, so You might not know the answer to this question. Carry so, on. The same name appears several times. One rider might have several horses that have made the list. So for the sake of this question, Philip Dutton and Z. Z doesn't get to go. Z ripped his shoe off and now he has an abscess. He can't go. So Philip Dutton, who is further down the list with a different horse, takes that horse. That's how it works, right? Not, not always. So that, it, okay. that is entirely... Uh, dependent on the selectors and how they wish to announce it. So sometimes it would it it would actually be announced that it would Philip Dutton with Zed and as first reserve and one of his other horses. So okay. it's not listed like that. He's just listed again okay. in amongst and as, as are the other riders with their other horses. So if he doesn't go on Zed, then one of those other we could have Liz 
Uh, we could have our very own Liz Holiday shop up there in the team. Woohoo! Okay, so okay. the reserves Philip that are listed here out. are in no particular order. That's correct. Got they, it. Uh, we, we, we read them out in alphabetical order because that's the, uh, you know, that's the way they had them correct listed. way of doing things. Got so, um, but, it, but it could be. You know, Philip could stay in there because he has more than one horse. He could, you know, just substitute one horse from the other. But this is all a long way off. You know, it's not till September the games. We're in July now. There's an awful lot of things to, to go on, to happen, and, and all the rest of it. Yes. So the all other right. nation that has announced their long list, and they have not announced a short list within the long list, but they have just got a long list of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, I think about 16 riders. Wow. No, 16 horses. So we have Christine Bates and Adelaide Hill. We have Sammy Birch and Hunter Valley. We have Chris Burton and Cooley Lands. We have Chris Burton and Quality Purdy. Sam Griffiths and Paul Lang Brocker. Very old stalwart there. Andrew Hoy and Basmati. Bas, Bas, I, I think that's how you pronounce it. Andrew Hoy again with Vasily Delossus. Uh, Bill Levitt with Las Ben Diamond Lift. Emma McNabb with Fernhill Tabasco. Robert Palm with Coco Story. Shane Rose, CP Qualified. Shane Rose again with Virgil. Amanda Ross with Coco Popping Candy. Catcher Wyman, BP Escapade. And someone most of our listeners will know of, Ryan Wood and Woodstock Bennett. So... Of those 16-odd combinations, they have to choose five. So, so in the end, they have to have five. How, and it, so it's, is it four riders in a reserve? Uh, yes. Okay, so we're still using four. four. I think it's a team of four and one individual, isn't it? I mean, we should know this. We are, you know telling everybody about this but the point is they keep changing it paul we don't know exactly they keep changing it that is the point and also um now builds the excitement the gambling the the is are they aren't they are they on the team are they sound are they not sound do they have the form are they not on form now starts now that we have this initial list this initial long list now starts all of the debate all of the discussions all of the gossip all of the wagering if you're a betting person on who is going to actually get there and then once you know who's actually going to get there well then we have even more fun about who is actually going to uh you know win something who's going to be on the podium now might i put in i want to put this in really early if i if i were a betting person and we can't bet on eventing in America because we don't get to do that. The way I pick a racehorse is I pick a cool name because I'm not a betting person. I want Coco Popping Candy to be on the podium just because that's that the is, most that's, awesome yeah. name ever. <laughs> <laughs> Coco Popping Candy. That is yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's just cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. You know, if we're just going to choose on names, yeah, I'm, I'm happy yeah, with that warm, The warm blood but, horses tend to have really boring names, so that cannot be any kind of a warm blood I do like Imogen Murray, Team GBR, Iva Gooden. That's pretty good too, yeah. I-V-A-R-G-O-O-D-E-N, Iva Gooden. I like Iva. Iva's a good bloke and he's a Gooden. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it sounds better when y'all say it. See, when I say, when I, say, when I say Iva Gooden, it's not as good. When you say it, it sounds awesome. See. That's it. So who else is so on which the leads GB us, team? Leads us directly onto the British Equestrian Federation, who have also announced their very long list of about fifteen odd riders. Um, at, well, it is fifteen riders. So, in alphabetical order again, it's Sarah Bullymore with uh, Rev Drue. Now, Sarah is—I'm going to say this—and I'm a good friend of hers. And Sarah is um, a bit of a a serial so closeness you know she's she's almost there she's almost gets on the team and then she you know or she almost wins or or, or whatever so she's 
very, very competitive, but maybe not have, uh, you know, she's just one of those ones that seems you know to what always you, be You know what this is going to cause? She's going to hear this, and that's going to cause gonna, her to fight even harder. You know that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, she, exactly. So that's fine. So Roz Cantor is the next on the list in the alphabetical list with All-Star B. Now, Roz is very favoured and very very experienced and very competitive on the All-Star B. It's sort of her first horse that's got her into teams, but certainly has got her in there. And then we have Laura Collette and Mr. Bass. Mr. Bass is a much admired horse, amazingly admired. Tina Cook and Billy the Red. I mean, both horse and rider, hugely experienced there. Piggy French Veneer Camira, second at Burley. Uh, an ex-ride of mine, that horse is a cross-country machine. And Piggy, I mean, I just wish her all the best because she had some rotten luck going into 2012 Olympics. Then we have Kitty King and Seelaw Lan, Tom McEwen and Toledo Cursa. Tom, another one who's been very, very successful, not really got into the senior teams yet, but certainly is about to make his mark. Harry Mead with away cruising. Harry has been on senior teams before um, and certainly is another one that is always there within contention. Gemma Tattersall on Arctic Soul. Uh, Gemma is on fire. She has the most amazing horses. Arctic Soul is the most amazing cross-country horse. Oliver Townend, you can never write the man off. Of course he's going to be on the list. He's on the list with Cooley Masterclass. He's on the list with Cooley SRS. And he's on the list with Balmore Class. All of them winners of every single level ever, I think. Then we've got Nicola Wilson with Bulana. She was on winning form last weekend. Alex Bragg and Zagreb. And we're going to hear from him this week uh, and during this show emily chandler uh and cooper's law mr fox pit and little fire kitty king again with vendridi but uh, i don't know how to pronounce it vendridi biatis imogen murray with Ivor gooden and Gemma tattersall again with pomero four so a huge number there very long list they're all desperately trying to impress the selectors over the next month or so to get on that team so like i said now it's really starting to become exciting as to who is going to be on every nation's teams all right one more question for you paul we'll wrap up this conversation about weg teams because Tryon is an unknown venue for all but very, very few people who will attend as far as the eventers are concerned. Before WEG rolled around, Tryon was very much a hunter-jumper venue. Does that change who has a shot at getting on the podium? Does that give the uh, up-and-coming countries a better shot at it? Do you think that's going to mix up the podium a little bit more than it would if it was a more familiar venue? Absolutely not. Um, having been involved in high-performance programs for more years than I can remember, these guys are so well-researched. They know everything about the venue. They will have their spies out there like you wouldn't believe. They'll know it from terrain. They'll be Google-earthing it. They will be measuring the altitude. They'll be measuring the temperature, the humidity, you name it. With these top-level teams, they have such an, an, an depth of preparation that is unbelievable um you know on the outside it always looks a bit haphazard because they're always choosing the combinations so last minute and that's a little bit stressful for the people that involved the, com the, the the competitors and the owners that there's no doubt about that but 
they do absolutely not only research these venues, research the jumps, research the, the course designers, you know, to the nth degree. So, you know, if you've got the resource to do that, which is your Team US, your Team GB, your, your German team, those with the, that have the serious funding behind them, you know, you start ahead of the eight ball, ahead of the game for everybody else, you know. So that is just the way it is. But world championships, historically, there's always been a team which has just suddenly come up and done well, which nobody expected to do well. I hope they do. Um, I hope they so do. I want it to be a surprise. There's always going to be a surprise. <laughs> you know, that that the sport of eventing is a million and one variables. This is what it's all about. There's too many variables to ever truly predict it. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be a really exciting competition. I'm looking forward to the excitement and the build-up and the, all these conversations about who's on, who's not, who, and what's happening, and then the actual competition itself. All right. That's awesome. Now, if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, and shame on you if you haven't, you can go to tryon2018.com, and everything you need to know about Tryon is right there in one spot, including how to get your tickets. And I think it's time for us to have a little chat with our first, te- first guest, Alex Bragg. Joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show is a great British rider who is on the up. He's getting listed on teams. He's winning ERM legs in Jardy. It is Alex Bragg. Alex, welcome to the Eventing Radio Show. Oh, thanks for having me, Paul. Now, Alex, um, you're, you're on a good run of form at the minute. So uh, you've just come back from France to Jardy, where you were competing in Leg 5 Event Rider Masters. And uh, not only was it your first podium appearance of the 2018 Masters Series, but, you know, you only went and took the top tier and, and, and won it. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, we, um, we were, it's just unfortunate the way that the, the previous legs lay with our plans for our horses through the spring um this was the first first leg that i was able to get to um and um went with zagreb in fine form uh he he pulled off a super dressage test and uh, left us in the lead going into the jumping phases and yeah fortunately enough we were able to to hang on to that lead and um yeah it was it's so exciting that the masters series is is absolutely great i love the the kind of hype and vibe around it and um to be on that podium is just magic with the crowd around you and you know it's it's electric feeling between the riders and and the public and yeah it's just wonderful and when i was when i was in that spot to win it i wasn't going to let it go lightly yeah that's for sure uh you certainly once you had that uh you, you said you had a good dressage it was a personal best wasn't it at that level am i am i right in saying that or is that pushing yeah. it out you, yeah, no. you, yes it was yes definitely so you once you got that you weren't certainly going to uh, miss the opportunity because as we know as pro event riders the opportunity to win these classes doesn't always get handed to you so when you have the opportunity you've certainly got to seize it and uh, uh you, you did that now just talk us through why you, you mentioned that this event rider masters leg just completed at harash de Jardy in france it's the, the penultimate one you know the series is almost over so you certainly haven't been focusing on the series but focus on winning this particular leg now why have we not been able to to see you at any of the uh, other previous legs so i mean you know you know paul yourself you know it takes time to build up a team of horses um and it's at cic three-star level but we're also trying to claim qualifications in that spring period with our ccis 
to uh, to allow us to develop the horses and bring them on to the next levels. And um, you know, I I was aiming at badminton and tattersalls with most of my top horses, uh, and it, it just the other legs were just a little bit too close to those events to allow me to run them. Um, next season, however, <clears throat> will be a different kettle of fish. So if the Masters series is still going as strong as it is then it will definitely be something we'll target from the start of the year and um, and hopefully be vying for a, a place on that podium in the series <clears throat> rather than just aiming for, for individual legs. So, um, it, But it, it all comes down to, to timing in the season and where your team of horses are at in the stages of their development and um, competition careers, really. Hello? Jen's forgot to unmute her button. I'm not unmuted. <laughs> <laughs> Jen's, 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 Jen's totally, she's chatting away to herself. I just let, we, you got to not worry if we leave you hanging, Alex, because there's always a time delay anyway. I forgot to say that at the beginning. And Jen and I are on chat. We talk to each other on the, on the keyboards. And I I've said, never right, done this Jen, before, you see. It's, yeah, exactly. It's your turn, Jen. You asked the next question, and I was like hearing this silence, thinking, "Yep, she hasn't unmuted. She's she's just fucking used." To say. Right? I okay. Just I was boring, and you'd fall asleep. No, no. Yeah, she might have done that too. You never know. But anyway, <laughs> we won't be too harsh to her. <laughs> okay. Jen, did, Jen, as I just typed in the in the chat thing, would you like to ask the next question? <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, the, would that, the, would that be possible? See, the, yeah, the, the qualification process. <laughs> okay, now three, two, one, go. Three, two, one. The qualification process is crazy, crazy different for every country. Uh, but the seat, the the universality of it is, it's laborious for every country, but different for every country. So, as that whole process happens, now you're on the list. Is it? Is it pins and needles, wrap the horse in bubble wrap for the next six weeks? How how do you deal with that with your training and with, um, you know, just your mental outlook? Because you just don't know. Are you, are you like referring to WEG then? Yes. Are you with, yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> I mean, I I didn't, Zagreb is now hitting fantastic form and he's really well in himself. He didn't really come out of the, the winter maybe quite so good. We we had a really tricky spring in the UK. So with weather wise, and I wasn't able to run him where I needed to. And um, consequently, we didn't have the best spring results with him. So I think selection wise, I'm, I'm not maybe at the kind of crucial end of the scale. I'm kind of, you know, maybe the kind of, you know, just in case kind of area of the, of the list for WEG really. So, I mean, I've got, I've got nothing to to lose in that position. So that was why, you know, I decided that I was going to target the ERM at Jardy to go there, have some fun, which I think is also really important to do in the sport. And also, you know, maybe chase a bit of prize money, which is always uh, a real sweetener. And then I'll um, I'll just aim him through on his, his journey to, to hopefully Burley horse trials, you know, back here in the UK in the autumn. And... Um, if something does happen and some other horses happen to go lame or the selectors change their kind of favor and, and we, we do suddenly start looking at being at the top of that list. I mean, the, the timing of Wegg and Burley all sort of figures in with the fitness levels of the horse. 
so the horse could then just jump on the bandwagon and um, and get over to the states, which would be a wonderful experience. But um, I don't think you want to be personally thinking about wrapping those horses up in bubble wrap because um, if you do that, then your kind of routine changes, and if the routine changes, then performance starts to change i think so um the key is is to to stick to your your plan that you would normally do um try not to change anything you know if you turn your horse out every evening you know two weeks before the event don't stop turning it out because you're worried it's going to kick itself or something because then its temperament's going to be different so it's crucial to kind of keep to a routine and keep to a structure and um i think the horses really enjoy that and they um they seem to to, to perform well off of that. So um, I'll just stick doing to what I'm doing, really. Hopefully. Well, in, indeed, it's, uh, it sounds like you're fairly set on going to Burley. And, you know, the fact that you're on this very long, not being rude to yeah. anybody, long list uh, is, is an achievement. It's a tick in the box. It's a possibility you can go to WEG. But you're looking at it more that it's a possibility rather than it's a given. Yeah, definitely, Paul. I mean, I think, you know, last last season I had a, a, a wonderful season with Zagreb and I think we were actually in with a, a serious shout of being on the European team um, and that didn't quite come off, ended up being reserved for it. You know, this year I haven't, I didn't have quite a great, such a great start and um, looking at some of the, the form of the other riders um, and that's what it goes on really, it's what form you're in at the right time and maybe I didn't. Well, you know, yeah, but you say that you've got the you've got the form now. You've just won Jardy very convincingly. Yeah. So you know, and uh, against some of the uh, other competitors who are on your team. So you know, it's not yeah. an impossibility. Is there is there any last minute competitions you're going to? What's what's now between now and Burley that you could possibly win again, and uh, you know, just keep tugging on the selectors' uh, sleeves and go, hey, look at me. Yeah, I like your your positive view on it, Paul. It's really good, actually. But um, yeah, I mean, we're we're going to head to the Isle of Wight next week. There's this little showcase class there that they're they're trying to kind of hype up a bit. So we're going to go there, and there's a, a few good names there. You know, again, there's good prize money. And then I think, um, in all honesty, I'd probably go to Hartbury Horse Trials to give the horse a quiet run, which would be his last big prep run, ready for Burley. Um, it's it's really difficult. I, I mean, hopefully, with you talking the way that you are, maybe some of the selectors are sat there listening to the show um, when it goes live, and um, and they might be thinking twice. I, I, I think I'd be in the back of their minds, but I don't really know what how the process works for them and what they're looking for. I mean, I have a strong cross-country horse. He's really reliable. He's a good jumper. Um, it's just the type horses that they want to take and, um, and the team that they want to structure. So, so Alex, um, can I, just for our listeners' benefit, um, yeah. have you been on a, on a GB team before? You talked last time about the Europeans, you were the reserve, and you thought you might have uh, gone up onto the team. Have you, have you got that, that cap yet? No, I haven't. You know, I've done a couple of Nations Cup performances and things, but um, no, I've never... I've never represented gb um at a championship, championship. It, but yeah, so you had the reserve uh reserve status for the last europeans any anything yeah. close any more like that before have you been long listed before no no I've, you know my kind of uh rise or acceleration to this type of level is, has only kind of happened 
over the the last two years really i only did my i first four star at burley horse trials in 2016 um so yeah i mean which is less than two years ago so i kind of i think it's quite rapid my kind of progress to, to this kind of level um which i think in, in a case is it's a little bit unusual and maybe can unnerve maybe the the selectors a little bit maybe i suppose because if you come up through the system, they they know you a lot better. They 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 know how your character reacts in certain pressure situations, whereas they didn't really know anything about me. You know, I was kind of like this this amateur that kind of came up through the system and has got a couple of good horses, and then now he's getting some good results. And I suppose they wonder if you're a flash in the pan for a little while. And um, but I, hopefully since that time we've showed that we can consistently hold our own at the top level and you know mix it up with those other top riders from other nations as as well as our great british riders and hopefully they'll start to see me as a, a reliable um rider and and where i could maybe fit into one of these teams in the future because i've certainly got some great horses coming up through the ranks which i think could be super potential team horses you know, after Zagreb. So, um, you know, I'm hoping to stay at this level for a long time and, um, yeah, hopefully mate, I'll, um, I'll, I'll get that cap soon. Well, you just, you, you opened that one up for me, Alex. Tell us a little bit about, uh, the other horses on your string. You've got some bright young stars ready to, to break through. Yeah, no, I've got, um, uh, a lovely nine year old horse called Baricello who did his first long format three star at Tattersall's lovely mover lots of scope um big rangy gallop uh so he, he'll be looking to you know consolidate that three-star former um blenheim this year and maybe come out and do a four-star next season but he's certainly got potential but he's another big he's 17 too so mm-hmm. his body's going to take time to develop um but i can see him he's he's still improving but he's got some good form already an eight-year-old called Shannon Del Percy, which we took over to Jardy, and he came third in the CIC three-star over there. It's only a second CIC three-star, and he is only eight years old. And he's a super jumping horse, and um, he can move nicely as well. He's a little bit green at that level for the dressage, but, you know, he's potentially another great horse. Um, and I've got some other lovely seven- and eight-year-olds, King of the Mill, Quinn Diva, a seven-year-old who did his first two-star, come sixth at Barbary, Bombahon Blue Mist. I mean, as I go down the list, I've, these, some of these horses I've had since they were babies, and I know them really, really well. And you, you get that feel of those horses that really have that championship ability. Um, and I think that's the crucial thing. It's not just having a horse that can progress to that level, but it's having a horse that you really feel is talented enough that could deliver a great performance at that level um time and time again so yeah i mean i have a, a wonderful string coming up and um you know i came back from jardy we traveled monday evening got home at the yard at 3 a.m tuesday morning and the lorry went back out at 8 a.m to go to dauncey horse trials which is you know a more local event in the uk to run a load of young horses it's you know bringing that string on it it's not always living the high life it's not celebrating the one result it's always thinking about long term and bringing those other horses on and through the levels so um it's a long journey and you've got to keep 
you've got to keep thinking of the next wave um, as well as enjoying your top horses. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, uh, I, I, I do agree with you there, Alex, but I, I have to say you must stop and enjoy those good results because the wins like you just had at, uh, at Jardy and the ERM and the Masters there don't happen as often as we'd all like them to. So you, you do actually have to force yourself not to just keep that bandwagon rolling on from event to event to event to event and then the next event uh, and, and actually uh, take time and enjoy it. But uh, I'm certainly that you, you know, you and your owners and your wife, Simone, certainly will do. Now, just you've touched on there a tiny bit about the life of, of a pro event rider in, in the, in especially in Europe, where you just go from competition to competition. It's, it's drive home, unpack the lorry, repack the lorry and go again the next day or go to the next competition. So how, I'm just going to ask you a couple of really quick fire uh, questions here so that our listeners can get an idea of, of the professionalism or the life in, the, in a day in the life of, of Alex Bragg. So, uh, and if there's any uh, uh, questions that I offend you with, bad luck, you just have to answer anyway because, you know, we're fellow <laughs> event away, So, first one is, is how old are you? 37. And how long have you been a pro- uh, Are you a professional event rider? Do you consider yourself a professional event rider? Uh, yes, I would now, yeah. And how long have you uh, considered yourself a professional event rider? I would say eight years. What did you do in that? So 37 minus eight. What did you do before that? I, I played rugby up to when I was 24. I, and I've trained as a farrier. So I have a large farrier business. Oh, wow. So do you still yeah. shoot your own horse? Uh, yeah, well, 10 minutes before you you gave me this call, I was just finishing off shooting one of our horses getting ready for next week so yeah I've, it's back and fitting it all in mate you got it got i was gonna it, say there's yeah there's only so many hours in the day i i, I think i'd be giving up shooting my own horses but anyway you carry on uh so <laughs> and a rugby player were you a professional rugby player yeah well i played semi-pro i had a couple of seasons in the academy at bristol rugby which were a premiership side back then and then um had a couple of seasons up in the gloucestershire team and that were in the division two so, yeah, I mean, I, I played pretty serious level rugby, really that, enjoyed that it. Is very, um, yeah, that is very serious rugby. Okay, that's impressive. So rugby, farrier, event rider, eight years pro event rider. How many horses have you got on your team now? I've got 18 now on the team. 18? Yeah. My goodness. And uh, staff and obviously the, the, the people behind you, which is not always staff, but family members. So uh, I know Simone, your wife, is... Uh, what what do we call her? The manager, head girl, just your beautiful she, wife. It's just yeah, a beautiful wife. She fleets around and she just oversees everything. She's great with the owners. She's really supportive. She's wonderful with our children, and um, she just allow. She's just there to. Then she allows me to do whatever I need to do. So she kind of just plugs the gaps all over the place. So um, <laughs> I don't say she's got one role. She just magically <laughs> magically keeps the show on together. the road <laughs> yeah right. she's and in you charge of that. balancing plates yeah uh-huh. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and you did mention children so tell our listeners about your children or, or who or how many or okay so I have, I have three daughters um florence who's seven sienna who's 11 and eloise who's 13 uh all of them ride their ponies uh florence the youngest is um a bit of a wild card really we don't really know where she's going to find her niche but great <laughs> sense of humor uh the middle one is a real kind of actor singer 
um, I could see her on the stage or presenting and doing stuff. She's a little bit out there, probably a bit like me a little bit. Well, I was going to say, uh, I know someone else who's uh, enjoys a bit of acting, <laughs> having seen your antics on the uh, Event Rider Masters podium, if anybody wants to watch again on the eventridermasters.tv website. But yeah, carry on, Alex. <laughs> yeah, well, only following your advice, Paul, that you said that you should enjoy <laughs> those moments. Hey, That's it, exactly. There you go. <laughs> and then my eldest, Eloise, who's actually doing her first... Um, season at um affiliated event in be you know she's really into the horses and, and loves it she's ever so academic but you know um she she's really driven by the horses as well so yeah lovely you know i live for my kids um and they're they're a huge inspiration for me and they're ever so supportive and whenever we can get them to the shows um we do because i i always feel happier when when everybody's together and around and um but yeah, it's wonderful. It's fa- families, families are a really big thing for me. So um, yeah, love my love my girls to bits. Well, that's that's really cool. Now we get to know Alex Bragg a little bit better. You are not going to be a relative unknown to those selectors for very long. I can tell already. Um, for folks who want to appropriately stalk you online and follow your career as it skyrockets, how can they do that online? Oh, so they can follow us at Team Brag Eventing on Facebook or at Team Brag Eventing on Twitter. And I think we've got an Instagram thing as well going on. Um, so forgive me for not knowing that. I love eventers sure. who go, I think I've got an Instagram thing as well. And I, I don't know. <laughs> do. I think there's a website. And I think the website might be poplars-equestrian.com. Would that be the right one there, you know, That'd Alex? That would be the right one. Ah, yeah, oh, well I, done. I didn't realize we had Paul's a fan. So Paul knows all the details <laughs> he needs to know. So if you need to know anything about Team Bragg eventing, get in contact with Paul because he is number one. So. <laughs> <laughs> the Eventing Riders Association of North America is the collective voice of riders, equine professionals, and owners in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in North America. In cooperation with our members, governing bodies, related committees, and organizers, ERA of NA works to improve the overall welfare, safety, visibility, and growth of the sport. ERA of NA, your voice matters for the sport of eventing. Jump in and engage by becoming a member today. Find them online at www.eraofna.com. Joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show is a double silver medalist of the european championships the junior european championships that are from last weekend it is heidi coy heidi welcome to the eventing radio show hi welcome so heidi uh, a bit of a, a a fantastic result for you it's european medals two of them two silvers an individual <laughs> silver and a team silver so are you still on cloud nine celebrating with everybody that will celebrate with you God, absolutely. It still um, hasn't quite sunk into me yet. It doesn't feel quite real, but celebrating very well at home. All my friends and family having a good celebration, so all good. Now, Heidi, uh, many of our listeners are uh, Australian-based and American-based, and they don't really understand, first of all, European championships, second of all, junior championships. So um, tell us a little bit what junior means, What what age is yourself, and what age group is the competition? So I am 18 years old and the juniors is 
it's classed as the under 18s, but you can be in your 18th year as long as you are under 18 by the 1st of January, which I've got a very good birthday. It's the 14th of January, so I'm just in. I'm lucky enough to have this year in juniors. And so the youngest of the competitors would be? Uh, you can be 16. One of the teammates was actually 16, but it's technically her 17th year because she's turning 17 in October. It all gets very complicated when you have to have rules around <laughs> these things. Yes, indeed. Yeah, but so, and uh, was this your first uh, championship or your first team process? Uh, yeah, well, it was my first Europeans, um, like representing Great Britain. Um, I have been on a team, the under 18 teams, which are like the national championships at Western Park where I was fourth in 2015. Indeed. So your first uh, first GB cap uh, is something to yeah, certainly be definitely. proud of. Uh, so, of Thank course, you. if it's your first GB cap, it's, it's certainly your first medal, uh, but not yeah, only one, definitely. but two. Uh, so <laughs> did you did you go into the competition feeling like you were, you know, potential medalists? Um, well, I know my horse very well and I know he can do it and I know we can both do it together. It's just like when you're against all the different nations, you, you know, especially like the Germans, the French, and you don't think you're ever going to be as good as them and you don't know what the competition's like and you can get out there. I knew he could do it and I knew I could do it. It was just dealing with the whole pressure, the nerves of it all. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> and it certainly uh, felt like a big event for you because I, I believe not only was it the uh, eventing Junior European Championships, but you had uh, all the other teams there this year as well. Yes, it was certainly a massive atmosphere uh, with about, I think there was around 600 horses there. So I was slightly concerned what my horse might think to the atmosphere because he's never been in an atmosphere and he's actually only eight years old, so he's not that experienced. And I was a bit worried, thinking, God, what's he going to think to all the atmosphere and all the crowds? There was people cheering everywhere. Then the football was all on, so that was a big crowd. <laughs> and so I was a bit concerned what he might think to it, but actually he coped so well with it. Very good time to be in France when they're uh, in the process yeah. of winning the uh, the the World Cup football, uh, and uh, all of a sudden, what you're doing is is failing in comparison. But uh, I'm sure they were cheering for you, <laughs> Heidi. I'm sure they were. <laughs> did you have uh, Did you have to contend with uh, everybody wanting to watch on TV as opposed to to watch the action, or was that that not too much of an issue? It wasn't too bad of an issue because obviously the the football was on later on at night. Um, but I think it brought more of a crowd because people wanted to watch the horses in the morning or the afternoon and then stay to watch the football with everyone. And there was a bit of rivalry, you know, because Croatia were playing and, you know, they were there. The whole, that nation was there. So there was a bit of rivalry in that respect. But, no, everyone was very supportive of each other. So it just increased the rivalry between you all, uh, especially, uh, like yeah. you say, Croatia and, and, and France and, and the like. So, yeah. But anyway, your competition, a 28.3 in the dressage, a good way to kick it off, sixth place after dressage. So is that a, a personal yeah. best or as expected? Um, yeah, it's definitely one of his best tests he's ever done. He's not a flashy mover by any means, but he tries his absolute heart out and he was very calm in the atmosphere. Um and yeah, he, he was just really took the atmosphere so well. And I think he knew where he was. So he tried his absolute heart, at, heart out and he was very good. And uh, a, a clear cross country. So what, what order do you do it in the championships? You do the cross country, then the show jumping? Yeah, cross country, then the show jumping the day after. 
So cross country, clear and under time. And uh, how about all your yep. teammates? So that they do similar? Yes, all my teammates were all clear inside the time as well. Uh, we mm. were in fourth after the dressage as a team. Then we moved up to after cross country and then we all jumped clear in the show jumping. So we moved up to silver. Indeed. And you certainly, uh, I think you were in the, the, the bronze medal, was it, position going into yes. show jumping? And yep, did that? Did, did you feel that pressure to try and keep the bronze, or did you just know you were going to be clear and and put the pressure on the others? Which which way was that pressure heading? I know my horse; he's a very careful jumper, and he can jump many clear rounds. It's just again, I was worried if the atmosphere might get to him and just run on, run on into a distance or something, and just you know tap a pole like any horse can do. But he, you no, know, he felt good, and it put the pressure on. Yeah, but in the right sort of way. Like, I felt really determined that I wanted to go and win a medal for the team and obviously for myself. Well, the the, the determination certainly worked. That clear round worked and uh, <laughs> put the pressure Definitely. on the others who, who had a rail. So uh, I'm looking yeah. down the list of names and it's quite, a, you know, for, for a junior European, it's quite a, an illustrious last name there of, of the German team member that uh, slotted down quite a few places after having a rail, who was, yeah. I think, Dabowski and uh, who anybody who knows the, uh, the German eventing scene would have thought that she was certainly... Uh, very well trained and very well mounted. So, um, you know, great that you're able to to move up the ranks and uh, steal that that medal. And your teammates, obviously, uh, all all celebrating and, and very happy to have that 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 uh, team medal as well. Yes, very, all very happy. I had a nice celebration on the Eurostar on the way home with a good bottle of champagne. So that was all good, good fun. <laughs> Well, I'm sure, of course, you're all over 18 and the, in your 18th year or something of the kind. So it's all for perfectly legal. Yeah. Or, or, or Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all, all just fine. Um, so, uh, Heidi, uh, is, tell us about your horse, Royal Fury. Is he uh, is your only horse? Have you had him a long time? Um, so he's my horse. I've had him since he was a five-year-old. So he's now eight. So that's three years. Um, I'm producing all myself from the word go um which has been very nice and he's been very easy however obviously you know there's a few bits that I need to work on he does get very keen in his jumping which I've constantly had to work at so I'm not out of control and all the balance and turning and stuff um he's not my only ride I have a lot of young horses that I produce um which is what I've always been doing from the start I've got I think you get most reward out of doing the younger ones and producing them on. Now that you've gathered yourself a a medal or two, are you going directly (laughs) to um, up and coming pro? Are you going to take a side trip to do some, uh, some more schooling? What's What's next for Heidi? Um, For me, I'm obviously out of juniors now, so I'm going to aim for young riders next year, which is, under 21, uh, which is actually a CCI two-star, so it's a level above what I did at the championships on the same horse that I've that won the medals. Well, Paul, that to me, that Paul, that says she's skipping college and going directly to the pro- professional ranks. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, I was just thinking. Yeah, I was just thinking. Does this mean we're going uh, so out of school, in school? So all of this eventing you've been doing. What are you? You know 
done A levels or you're already out of school or you're going to university or is this a gap year or is this the career? What, what's happening in that respect? Um, so I've just finished my A levels, which I've been doing this year. So juggling about five horses along with A levels and exams and all the juniors has been very difficult to say the least, but I have managed it. Maybe not quite the A stars that, you know, everyone dreams of, but um, haven't got my results yet, but hopefully they went okay considering all the horses I had to do and schoolwork and yeah, five horses. Um, so I remember back when I was at school <laughs> and when I was at university, I had two horses uh, through my A levels in the first year of university, which gradually yeah. crept up to five horses by the time, or five or ten horses by the time I'd finished my university. <laughs> but uh, certainly, uh, five horses at your age is is a is a vast number, and uh, seems yeah. like that that might be your career intention is 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 the uh, path of a professional event rider. Yes, I'm aiming to do that. I don't think. I'm going to go to university. It doesn't really interest me that much. And I'm very keen on my riding. Um, I'm also very lucky that my mum and dad are dairy farmers. So we've got a lot of land and stables, um, which is very good and very helpful. Well, that's pretty cool. Now, for folks who want to watch your rocketing career as it goes, I'm guessing that you have (laughs) every social media account there is out there. How can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, it's Heidi Coy Eventing, and also Instagram, which is Heidi Coy Eventing. I don't actually have Twitter at the moment, but I was thinking about getting it. I'm just not, I'm not in with Twitter at the moment, which I need to probably get into. <laughs> oh, that's so refreshing to hear a younger person say I'm not into a social media. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little scary. <laughs> well, exactly. What's wrong with you? Are you okay? What, what, she's busy riding five time? horses. That's what she's exactly. doing. Why yeah. have you not got time with A levels and five horses? I don't understand. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm partying in that in that as well. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, there's got to be a yeah, good party. I remember a little bit of that as well. Not. <laughs> Well, uh, Heidi, thank you very much for joining us on the Eventing Radio Show. And uh, uh, I hope we don't see too much of your party antics on these social media channels. But uh, we see (laughs) all of your winning ways and your uh, future in the Young Riders uh, Championships that you're now aiming for. Thank you very much. Well, that was great to get to know Heidi Coy a little bit. She's she's a... a, uh a love, but I don't think I would want to be competing against her. She sounds think, like she's I got a hard I think she's edge. on the up, isn't she? She's. Yes. We are going to hear from her again. I suspect we'll be interviewing her again. I do. I really think we that uh, she's got it going for her. five horses and school, and uh, she doesn't sound like she's slowing down anytime soon. Uh, the 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 benefit of youth. <laughs> <laughs> The benefit of youth. Well, you know, when we record the eventing radio show, it's usually late in the evening in your neck of the woods. So the fact that you guys get to can manage to do this at all without us hearing your foreheads hit the right. desk is pretty steady, impressive. steady now, Jen. Okay, I'm not that old. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> careful where you're going with this. Hey, I I know all about old. I live in Ocala, Florida, one of the old people capitals of the universe. So I'm good. And speaking of old, our old friends at Bit of Britain longest-running sponsor here on the Eventing Radio Show. We teased at the beginning of the show that we would have another little special for you. Well, this is what it's going to be. The 15% off on bits by using the coupon code PAUL at checkout wasn't enough. We're going to add a little bit to it. How about 15% off on breaches, too? You can never have enough of those either. 
Breaches and jodhpurs, I reckon. You know, Bre- I'm know. sure jodhpurs are included. Depends what nationality, what, what version of English you speak, I think. That's right, it does. Or tights, if you please, if you're one of the modern sorts. Uh, no, you, you're on your own there now. <laughs> <laughs> Do they not call them tights over there? Uh, yeah, but you don't ride in tights. But that's fi- I, I, I don't know. I'm. I, do I look like I'm a fashion person? I have a face <laughs> for radio, hence why I'm here. Jen, <laughs> just tell them about the breaches discount and how they get it. Well, how you get it is by using the coupon code Liz at checkout. So choose the breaches you want to have. Go to the checkout, type in Liz, L-I-Z, and you get 15% off your breaches. And both of these specials are good until next week's show posts. So get to it. Don't And, and right, remind all of your friends to not wait to listen to the show because that gives you less shopping time. Exactly. Valid for a week only. So hope you're a keen fan listener of the show. You're listening as soon as it comes out. Get in there. Get your discounts. Only valid for the week. There we go. So I think, Paul, it's time for us to do the wrapping up bits. Thanks for listening to the Eventing Radio Show presented by the Eventing Writers Association of North America. You can learn more about the Eventing Writers Association of North America at eraofna.com. Find the links to today's guests and topics at eventingradio.com. Follow Eventing Radio on Facebook. Just search for the Eventing Radio Show. And, of course, we are on Twitter at Eventing Radio. There we go. And you can listen to the Eventing Radio Show anytime, anywhere by using the free Horse Radio Network app for your iPhone or your Android. No matter what kind of phone, it works. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. It's free and easy. And you can download it today. You can choose either just the eventing show or lots of shows or every show, depending upon what kind of a serial podcast listener you are. You can also subscribe via iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. And thanks again to our title sponsor, Bit of Britain. Remember, coupon code Paul for 15% off your bits. Coupon code Liz for 15% off your breaches when you check out. And Paul, where can people appropriately stalk you online? I do like that. That is my new favorite saying, appropriately stalk me. Uh, Our listeners can appropriately stalk me uh, on Twitter at Tapner Eventing, on Facebook Tapner Eventing team, on Instagram Tapner Eventing, and I think I've even got a website, (laughs) tapnereventing.com. Yes, you have one of those. And uh, I guess Paul and Liz will be back in a fortnight. Thanks for listening.